In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of the Holy Great Fast, and the Gospel is about the parable of the prodigal son from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 15. And actually, if you read the whole chapter, Luke chapter 15, you will find three parables. The parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost sheep, and the parable of the prodigal son. And the theme is the same in these three parables. Something is lost and it was found. So the coin was lost, but it was found. The lost sheep was lost, but it was found. And this prodigal son was lost and is found. But we may wonder why the Lord actually repeats the same theme several times. For emphasis, but also, these three parables represent three different categories of people. The coin has no will, has no instinct. So somebody actually lost the coin. The coin was not lost by his own will, because coin is, is just something. Uh, has no will, has no life, nothing. So the coin represents those who are lost because of others. Bad parenting, for example. Bad role model. Uh, they were born actually in a different religion. <laughs> they were born into uh, people who do not believe in God, into a family that does not believe in, believe in God, etc. And we find that the lady, from her the coin was lost, she searched until she found the coin. So these people who were lost not of their own will, not of their own desire, God will search for them. And God will knock on their hearts. And if they accept it, then they will be found. Because many people ask the question, if I am born or I was born in a non-Christian family, if I was born in an ungodly family, what's my guilt here? Why God is punishing me? No. God gave us this parable to tell us that these people, God will search for them until he finds them. And if they are willing to come back with God, then they will be restored. The lost sheep, the lost sheep here, the sheep actually went by his own instinct, went away from the rest of the flock. But the sheep has no mind, has no intellect. 
So although he went away by his own desire, but because of the lack of knowledge, she doesn't have mind, does not have intellect. So we, fi- we find also that the good shepherd looked for the lost sheep until the shepherd found him and brought him back. So the lost sheep represented those who went away by their own will, but because of the lack of uh, lack of knowledge. Uh, as the Bible says, my people were lost because of the lack of knowledge. But again, these people, God will search for them. Like how the shepherd searched for the long sheep, lost sheep until he found him and brought him back. So either I am lost by others or either I am lost by my own will but because of the lack of knowledge God will search for me until he finds me. And we have in the Bible two examples. The example of uh, Nathaniel and Philip and Peter, all these disciples. Actually, uh, they were born into the Jewish uh, religion, into Judaism. But the Lord Jesus Christ looked for them and called each one of them. Even Nathaniel, when he was surprised that from Nazareth something good could come, the Lord actually dealt with him until he made Nathaniel confess and say, you are truly the son of God. And people who were lost out of ignorance, like St. Paul. St. Paul, before his conversion, he was lost out of ignorance. That's why God appeared to him on the road of Damascus and told him, why do you persecute me? And this was a turning point in the life of St. Paul. And St. Paul himself, in his letter to Timothy, he said, but God have mercy upon me because I was lost due to ignorance. Because he didn't know better. He thought that Christ is a false messiah. But the third parable, the prodigal son, is totally different than the first and the second. He is a son. He is like a one is Christian, grew up in the church, and he knew very well what's right and what's wrong. So he is not lacking knowledge, and he was not born into a non-Christian family. No, he is a son. And by his own will and desire, he wanted actually to live away from his father's house. And he went away. And because of this, actually, uh, the father did not search for the son. He knew the way back. If he want to come, he knew the way back to his home. 
But he waited for him. He waited for him. He waited until the son discovered that there is no joy, there is no happiness away from his father's house. Then he returned back by his own will and by his own desire. In the Synaxarium of today, you heard about Sandy's course, who was actually a Christian, and then for some reason or another, he denied Christianity, and he became a non-Christian. He followed, as you heard in the Synaxarium, the religion of the Arabs. And at the end, when his sister sent him a letter uh, rebuking him for denying Christ, this letter actually moved his heart. And again, by his own will, he came back. And he endured suffering until he was killed, he was burned. But he endured all of this because he knew that the right way is to be with Christ. So, in these three parables, God is giving us hope. If you return back to me, I will accept you no matter what. I am waiting for your return. If you are lost because of others, or if you are lost because of lack of knowledge, I will search for you. But if you know the way, you need to come back by your own will, and I will accept you. And if you think about this parable, you will see that this son did not return back for a good reason. He returned back because he was hungry and he did not find any food. And he said, how many hired servants have left over, but I am dying here from hunger. So although he did not return for a good reason, but the father accepted him. As if God is telling us, just return back to me. I'm not encouraging you to return back for the wrong reason, but I am trying to to show you the compassion of God, the kindness of God. He is willing to accept those who are returning back to him, even for the wrong reason. God is willing to accept everybody. He told us, who will come back to me, who will return to me, I will never uh, throw him away. So, this actually parable is giving us today uh, encouragement, hope, uh, that if we return back to God, God will accept us. But this parable also has a prophetic meaning, a prophetic meaning. Who is the older son and who is the younger son? The older son is the nation of Israel. As as God said in the Old Testament, Israel is my firstborn son. Why Israel is the firstborn son? Because this was the first nation believing God. 
before the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, all the world, all the world, with no exception, worshiping idols. Only one nation worshiped God, Israel. And the prodigal son, the younger son, represent all the Gentiles, all other nations. We call them the Gentiles. So the Gentiles are the younger son and the, uh, the older son is Israel. Israel remained in the house, in the house of God. They had the temple, they had the sacrifices, they had the scripture, they had the priests, they had the prophets. So they were in the house with God. But the prodigal son, the Gentiles, left God and worshipped the idols. And in worshipping idols, they actually defiled themselves. You know, in the Old Testament, swine considered unclean animals. And spiritually, the swine represent the unrepentant sinner. The sinner who actually uh, unrepentant and fall back into the mud after you clean him, you go back to the mud and you clean him and so on. Unrepentant sin. And this was the case with all the Gentiles. But in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, what happened? The Gentiles returned back to the house and God accepted them. All of us were Gentiles. We are not Israelites. All of us were Gentiles. But God accepted us in the house of God, the church, and we became members in the body of Christ and in the church. But the older son left the house and he refused to enter, which is the case now with Israel. Israel left the church and refused to believe in Christ and refused to enter. And we see here how the father went out. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So God actually is pleading with Israel to believe in Christ and to enter into the house. But they insisted to be outside the house. And the parable ended without any reference that the older son entered back into the house. Although we have prophecies in Isaiah, which St. Paul mentioned in Romans chapter 11, that at the end of the days, Israel will believe. The remaining of Israel will believe and enter into the house of God. So this is the prophetic meaning of this prayer. But what is the message for all of us? The message for all of us is actually repentance. You know the theme of the Holy Great Fast is repentance. So the church on the third Sunday, is putting to us, putting in front of us this parable to encourage all of us to repent. 
with a promise that when you return to God, God will accept you. And I'm sure you know the symbols here. Uh, when the father said, bring out the best robe and put it on him, the robe here represents the righteousness of Christ, not our own righteousness. The righteous, like when we baptize a child, we dress him in white clothes. This white clothes represent the righteousness of Christ, who fulfilled the law on our behalf. Then when we accept him, we are righteous because we are hidden in him. And he gave us his righteousness as a free gift. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. The ring symbolizes the sonship. We became children of God and we are eligible for inheritance to inherit the kingdom of God. And the sandals is the commandment that actually help us to walk in our journey following the right steps, the commandment of God. And the fatted calf uh, represents the Holy Communion, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, given for us for salvation, remission of sins, and eternal life to those who partake of him. So let us speak a few words about repentance. Taking the example of this son, uh, how God led him to repentance. The first point in the repentance, that God let him suffer all the way. When he was hungry, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pots that the swine ate, no one gave him anything. No one gave him anything. And this is very, very important to understand. Sometimes we are encouraging wrong behavior under the notion of love. For example, if my son is taking drugs or living away in prodigal living, and I still support him financially when actually he uh, makes mistake or in, in conflict with the law, I find a lawyer and try to defend him. So here what I'm trying to do, actually I am enabling him. I am encouraging wrong behavior. I tell him, go, uh, that's what implied. Go, do whatever you want to do, right or wrong, and I will defend you. Don't worry. No matter how many times you do it wrong, I will defend you. This is not love. If the father here, think about it. If the father, when he found his son desiring even to eat the pods of the swine, and no one gave it to him, so the, he decided to send him some food and some money, do you think the son would return it back? Absolutely not. So here the father, out of his love, he made a stand with the son. Because this son has to reach the bottom, has to hit the bottom, in order to be able to say, I have sinned. 
Some people, when you enable them, they will never change. They will never change. Then the second point, but when he came to himself. I like this verse, when he came to himself. As if his soul was lost. So he came back, he returned back to his soul, to himself. Yes, when we are drifted away from God, actually we lost our own souls. We are away from our own souls and our own spirits. But when we return back and to examine ourselves, what I am doing in my life, why I am living this way, am I walking in the right way? That's what he did. He started to examine and evaluate all his decisions. How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? So, the first step in repentance is to discover my poverty away from God. I am poor. I have no richness. I have no virtue. I have no happiness. I have no joy in my heart. Unfortunately, some youth, when they discover their poverty, and when they discover there is no joy or happiness in their heart, you know what they consider? They consider killing themselves rather than returning back to God. That's why every now and, 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 and here, we, we hear about somebody killed himself. Why? Because, again, they were under deception from Satan. The solution is not to kill yourself. The solution is to return back to God. If this young man said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, I perish with hunger, so the solution, I will get rid of myself, he wouldn't be saved. But this young man made a decision, the right decision. I will arise and go to my father. That is the right decision. When we discover our misery, when we discover our poverty, when we discover that we are lacking joy and happiness, the right decision is, I will arise and go to my father. Here only, your joy, your happiness, your satisfaction will be restored. Away from God, there is no peace. There is no joy. There is no satisfaction. And he made also another decision. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Many people, when they decide to return back, they return but with blaming attitude. Why, God, you allowed this to happen? Why you did not spare me? I am your son. Can you imagine if the son went back to his father and told him, are you a real father? There is no fatherhood in you. If you are a father, you would send me some money and some food while I am living in the far country. How can you call yourself a father? That's many times what we hear from people. 
they blame God instead of coming back, taking responsibility for their own doing. No, they are coming with blaming attitude. This is not repentance. If I'm returning back with a blaming attitude, blaming everybody around me and not uh, daring to take responsibility of my wrong actions, this is not repentance. So he examined himself, discovered his poverty and his misery. Then he made the right decision to return back to his father. Then he took full responsibility full responsibility, with no blaming attitude, or even with no justification. He did not try to justify why he left the father's house. He did not try to say something like, my friends deceived me. They played with my mind. No, he took full responsibility. I have sinned. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And here actually, he also knew that any sin is against God and against others. When we sin, it's not only against God and it is not only against others. Any sin is directed to God and to others. Because the Bible can be summarized, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. So any sin is directed before God and others. And finally, he said, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He, he, he knew very, very well that by leaving the father's house, he is not worthy to be called a son. So when the father accepted him, it is grace, it is compassion. He did not earn it. And we don't earn our salvation. It's grace from God. It's compassion. It's loving uh, kindness from God. Nobody can say, I earned my salvation. Or I earned this virtue. No. And he was willing to accept any punishment, any discipline. Sometimes we come to back to God no, not willing to accept any discipline from him. That's why he said, make me like one of your hired servants. So I am willing to accept any discipline from you. Even if you are going to deal with me, not like a son, but like one of your hired servants, I am willing to accept this. That's the repentance. That is actually the right steps to return back to God. Examining yourself discovering my poverty and my misery away from God, making the right decision to, turn, to return back to God, not to get rid of my life, returning back to God, not blaming God, but taking full responsibility, not trying to find any excuses, but taking full responsibility, then actually uh, coming not with pride or arrogance, but knowing that I am unworthy of this sonship. If God actually accepted me to be his son, it is his grace, his compassion, not because I earn it. And finally, I am willing to accept 
any discipline from God. But God in his life, in his love, did not discipline his son, but he accepted him joyfully. There is difference between I am willing to accept any discipline and how God will treat me and deal with me. So in these days, I like each one of us to have time to return back to his soul, to return back to himself, to examine our life, and to know that the only joy, we will find it only in our relationship with Christ. And when we return back to God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will fill our hearts and mind uh, and protect us uh, and, and fill our heart and mind with joy and gladness. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.